a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown, Bulldogs! It's the MVSP Season 4, Episode 35. What an episode we have on deck for you all. It was a huge weekend for Ferris State Sports. Some epic comebacks, some great wins, but also some despair and losses that were hate to see. Hate to see it, Brandon. However, we got a great show. Have a great show. And certainly with everything that comes with it, I mean, we have a lot to recap. Ferris State basketball really and do, hockey, yeah. uh, as well as track and field. I mean. Lot. Some craziness going on. NFL Conference Championship controversy. What? We'll dive into that here later on. But first, before we get to the interview, which is going to be great, Beth McKinney stopping by, content creator for Ferris Athletics. You'll love to hear her story. Can't wait to share that. Me and Joe, we have breaking news. Joe, you want to give the honors? I do. I do. We're going big time, everybody. Woo! We have an official partnership brewing, and it's official now with WBRN, Big Rapids Radio Network. Man, it's been a long time coming. It's been a lot of meetings, a lot of talking, a lot of scheduling and trying to figure this out. But hey, we're here. We're now. We're partnering with Big Rapids Radio, and we cannot be more excited. It is going to be an awesome partnership, and it has certainly been a long time coming as far as this whole process, and it's it's been super cool. I mean, just big shout out to JT Scarpelli, Steve Gove, Eric Etchinson, the whole crew for making this possible, and it will be available, I believe, upcoming this Saturday, if not next Saturday. We'll get you more details coming yep, up yep, on Thursday's yep. show to make sure that you guys don't miss out uh, on WBRN, 1460 AM, 107.7 FM. Uh, for me, being able to work there prior with this summer into this year. It's been it's been nothing but blessings and nothing but good things and being able to bring our show to them and help them promote our show. Uh, it's a dream partnership, Joe. And I got to say here first, before we kind of wrap it up and go into the interview, I mean, this goes out to the fans because they're the ones that helped us get here. Really? Yeah. And you guys... We can't say it enough on the show for all the support that we've got. I know we me especially, and I know Joe has, of course. It has been it has been phenomenal. We love you guys. I mean, it is it is great because you know, Joe, th- content mean, is king. It really is. I mean, also, who would have thought? Like three years ago, we're freshmen trying to start a podcast just to get like you know time behind the mic, and now I mean, we're going to be on the radio with this whole thing. So yeah. there really isn't. Any much more we can say other than thank you guys so much. I mean, th- to be able to have this opportunity, I mean, even at, you know, so early in our careers, especially with audio and broadcasting and stuff like that, we really can't thank you guys enough. And we love you guys because you guys made this happen. Heart emojis all the way around. All the way around. But we got a great episode for you. So without further ado, Joe, let's swing it to the interview. Now joined in studio, Bethany McKinney stops by content creator for Ferris Athletics. Beth, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Beth, thanks for coming on. First question for you. Obviously, being from Iowa, it's a little bit weird that you heard from us about a small school in Michigan. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, getting to Ferris, especially kind of that journey? Yeah. Um, So I came to Ferris mainly because of my major, which is sports communication. Um, In Iowa, we really don't have any kind of degree like that at any of our schools or anything even remotely similar. Um, And so when I was kind of looking into the, the degree and, you know, schools that offer it or similar degrees. Um, pretty much it was either Ferris or a private school on the East coast, which was a lot further away from home. It was a lot more expensive. Um, and so I just started looking more into Ferris and really liked that. Um, they really preached a lot about opportunity for students and, um, it really made me feel like they really want the students to succeed. Um, and so just did more research on that and ultimately decided to come here. Sick. Absolutely. And uh, many people probably don't know, they probably know of you, but don't actually know you that run the TikTok account for Ferris Athletics and all the great videos that you do. What's the interaction like when you have to go up to some of the hockey guys and say, you know, I want you guys to pronounce medical terms <laughs> or what, what cuts that process like of talking to the athletes and the coaches to be able to create something? Yeah. So when I first like started in the role, it was super intimidating. Um, and like, I am not an outgoing person <laughs> like at all. <laughs> like I am not good at just walking up to people and starting conversations. Um, but that is something that like, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy taking on roles like this because it challenges me to step outside of my comfort zone. Um, and so as I, you know, 
worked with more and more teams, more and more athletes. It, I am more comfortable just walking up and being like, Hey, I need you to do this for me. What do you think? Um, and it, like most of the coaches have been super welcoming. Um, Bob Daniels loved everything that I did with the hockey team this past week. So course, that, was always, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always helps when the coaches are on board and appreciate the work that I do too. Is there been a favorite one that you've been like, yeah, hands down, this is so far the best one that we've made. Um, Ooh, that's hard. The football one where the, the O-linemen are on the field. That one was oh, really the shuffle? fun to shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of my that first ones. Yeah, That's the one. That was one of my first ones. I love that one. What is like the creative process then? Have you, is it more like Harrison kind of gives you creative freedom or is it more like you got to like talk to him and see what he wants to have done? Um, it's kind of both. It just depends. Um, he will give me direction on what teams he wants me to work with each week. And then from there, I pretty much get to decide what I want to film with the teams. Um, but when I am going with the teams, I always approach it like, Hey, I've got a couple of ideas that you guys can do. Or if you guys have a specific trend you want to do, let me know and we'll, we'll shoot it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not just me saying, Hey, let's go do this. I want to give the teams and the athletes the freedom to be creative, you know, with different trends that they want to do as well. Yeah. When it comes to content, I know like from my little experience kind of following it with us for especially analytics nowadays mm -hmm. are um, just absolutely huge in the, in the program. Um, when it comes to like, especially from your perspective, do you like to kind of see what's going on, what's trending and kind of see, Hey, what can we use from this? Maybe tweak it. Or are you like, I want to make anything as original and not been done before as possible? Um, both. So I am constantly like going on TikTok and like seeing what's trending, like looking at different schools, TikTok accounts, um, you know, different sports, all of that to see what's trending. And if there's like a really fun, I like, I'll be like, yeah, I want to like, I want to do this. Um, but I also do want to like try to be original. So like throwing the GoPro on the hockey players like that. Oh, of course. It's not yeah. something that it's not like a super big trend or anything, but it was hilarious and like just so fun to see some behind the scenes of what they see on the ice, you know? Yeah especially the speed of what they're going. Also coach Daniels just saying, is that thing on? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just waving. I was like, that is cool. So, so classic coach Daniels. Great. It's, it's, like it's funny because like <laughs> before he got on the ice, I was like, um, Schleffi already had the GoPro on and was already on the ice skating and recording. Oh, so he didn't know. No. So Bob comes up to me. I'm like behind the glass or whatever. And he's like, Hey, do you need me to help like wrangle some guys? I'm like, look, it's already on. Like, for the GoPro, like I can see it live. Oh yeah. You're phone. following it, tracking yeah, it. I get yeah, live yeah, footage yeah. on my phone. So I showed him, I'm like, look, it's already on. Like I'm good to go. It's so, like, he saw that first. And then <laughs> on the he's, ice, he's like, is it on? He's like, wait, what? <laughs> How do you, are you doing that? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, like, is there any like other like kind of special stuff that you want to do? Like, I know, cause I'm, I think we talked about it before, like trying to get like a mic'd up thing with like players on the ice or something like that, mm -hmm. or just trying to get players. Like, is there anything like special like that that you're trying to do? Or is anything kind of cooking up in the works? Um, I mean, I have a lot of really fun ideas specifically around hockey, just because like, that's what I want to work in once I graduate. So I, I have so many, like I have, I have a whole like notes list on my phone of like different <laughs> things that I want to do. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right time and coordinating it all, but I don't want to give away any of my, uh, oh, yeah, you wanna, my really good yeah, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it hush, hush, right? down low. You got to get on the TikTok if you want to see them. But That's right. Absolutely. At Ferris Hockey, at Ferris Athletics. Oh, of course. <laughs> Shameless plugs, as Joe always likes to mention. Shameless plugs. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, going back a step a little bit, uh, getting into sports, getting into content mm -hmm. creation, what really originally got that to you that you were like, yeah, I want to pursue this as a profession? Yeah, so... Um, growing up, I was always super into sports. Um, it's kind of funny cause I have a younger brother. And so my dad was like, yes, I have a son. Like we're going to watch all the games, you know, you know, all that. No, no, my brother could not, <laughs> could not care less. It was always me right there on the couch with him rooting for the Broncos, like screaming at the TV, all of that. Like, so growing up, I just, I've always was just super, super into it. I always wanted to be like my dad. And so seeing him get so animated over sports, I of course had to follow suit and like, I wanted, you know, just to be just like him. So from there, like it, my passion for sports just grew. Um, and one of my favorite things is like getting to know the players on a team because it makes the fans feel like they're also a part of the team. And so that's one of my favorite things about like creating the content and putting it out on social media is you can do so many things to let the fan base get to know the players more on a personal level rather than just seeing what they can do on the field. 
So I love, and like, you can be so creative with it. I love like finding like different ways, cool, unique ways to, you know, get the other side of the players, you know, get people more connected and interactive. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. And especially, I mean, I remember me and Brandon, our first athletics meeting this year, Harrison was saying, Hey, we got this girl from Iowa who's running the TikTok <laughs> account. She's going to be our new like social media intern. I was like, well, her, first of all, who's taking my job here? <laughs> social media job. Not like, Joe. What was, what was that like? Did you reach out to Harrison first or like, how'd that go? Like, was it more like you got like accepted to Ferris and then you reached out or what was that like? Um, so I applied to Ferris last spring. It was probably around March um, into the sports com program. And so then it was in like July that I got an email from Dr. A. I think it was one of her blasts. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, of course. To, oh, yeah, to all the sports commies. Sports yep. Um, and it was like, hey, there's this opportunity. Harrison was looking for a TikTok intern. And so I was like, like I had not even moved up here yet. I was still in Iowa, like, and no idea what I was doing. I was like, I mean, that'd be a really good thing to like get yes. my foot in the Raise door. Raise my hand, yes. please. Now. <laughs> so I emailed Harrison. I was like, Hey, I'm interested in this, but, uh, I'm not moving until Labor Day weekend. Is that going to be a problem? He's like, no, that's fine. We'll set up an interview. I just say it's really, it's really chill. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> so like he, we set up a zoom interview, um, for the end of July and he's like, yeah, you're the last person I'm interviewing. And then like 10 minutes into the interview, he's like, yeah, like you got the job if you want it. I was like, yeah, I want it. There you go. But uh, just in the, the whole perspective of comparison, Michigan versus Iowa, what's the biggest differences that you found here compared to back home? Corn. We have corn here too, Joe. Yeah, corn's corn. better here. Probably. Well, is that... Listen, I mean, okay, listen. here we go. We won't have it. We won't have this. <laughs> We're not going to argue over this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone, everyone here's from Iowa. Here's the, I'm from Iowa and they're just immediately, oh, corn, huh? I'm like, yeah, we've got corn guys. <laughs> <laughs> we have other things <laughs> There's too. There's more than just corn. <laughs> um, biggest differences. I don't know. Everyone was like telling me, oh, good luck with those Michigan winters. But so far, Iowa winters they're have really not, not compared to Michigan. Like Iowa has been worse so far just this year. Obviously, this is my first winter in Michigan. But um, I don't know, some of the lingo, like me and uh, one of my friends the other day were having a conversation and she's like, yeah, this guy said he's going to go cut the grass. And she said, cut the grass like four times. And I'm like, do you not say mowing here? Not really. No. <laughs> mowing like, is, is mowing not a thing? <laughs> She's like, I mean, no, we say cut the grass. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like, like of all the things to like be different. It's just funny. Just cut little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. We don't use, I don't think is corn casserole, corn, just anything lighter here compared to Iowa? Or is it just that much? I mean, I don't, I don't know why we're stuck on the corn idea, but now you just got me thinking here. <laughs> We do have corn casserole in Iowa. <laughs> okay, that's good. Because uh, that, like that seems like a staple in like Thanksgiving, like as far as like in my house. But like outside of that, that's like not much. I mean, maybe occasionally like you go out and barbecue, obviously you got mm -hmm. chicken on the grill and you got corn on the cob and whatever. But uh, man, it's, that's very interesting though. Like doesn't Iowa, like the winners get to like negative like 20? Like, yeah, the high yesterday regularly? in Iowa was five degrees. Jeez. And that wasn't even like real feel. That was like the actual temperature. Oof, geez, Today's high is like 14 and that's yeah, cold for right all now? of us. <laughs> it's been the coldest day in a it's while. 15 right now. Yikes. We just got snow too. Yeah. yeah we got a snowstorm. I feel like the, the Michigan winters, I think the problem is they're not very consistent, you know, like, cause if you could rather have like a negative Iowa's 10. like that too. Yeah. I was, you never know what to expect. Yeah. Like literally we had a tornado one day last year. The very next day it was snowing. It was like what? Tor tornado and like 50 degrees next day, ground covered in snow. That's impossible. Like that does not geographically meteorology, I mean, meteorologically make sense. We had a day like that, like late November where like snow, like what was it? Like five inches and the next day it was like 70 or something like that. Right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I remember going to practice one day in sweatpants and like a whole like thermal, like three layers. The next day I was in shorts and a t-shirt and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But uh, anyway, let's get back on track yeah. here a little bit from yeah. corn and weather and all that good stuff. But um, you said that you want to eventually get into hockey with yeah. content creation. Is there a dream team in mind? Um, I mean, the abs are my team. So that'd be so cool to work for the avalanche one day, but you know, after graduation, I'm going into it with an open mind. I will work anywhere that I can get into. Does that mean you would work for the wings? I would. I, if the opportunity was there, I would work for the red wings. Oh boy. I would still like secretly under 
the carpet and root oh, for the avalanche. No. <laughs> I gotta, no. I gotta, I gotta stay faithful to my teams, man. I, I respect mean, it. I respect that's it. That's true. I was gonna, I was gonna say, have you kind of now morphed like some favorites for like Michigan sports teams and stuff like that, or do you stay true to the Denver teams? I mean, as far as pros go, I'm still faithful to Denver. Ah. Co- college, I'm still an Iowa fan. All right. Oh my All gosh. Right. <laughs> Joe's like, I have fun with your one in ten whatever okay, program. Look. I loved them when they were good. I love them when they're bad. Same with the Broncos. Same with the Broncos. Mad respect. You don't jump teams like somebody (laughs) else I know that's listening to this podcast. Brendan. Sorry. I'm just kidding. Brandon's calling people out. Yeah, it tends to happen a time or two. But anyway, (laughs) last question. Always ask everyone that we have on the show, Beth. What's been your favorite thing about being here in Big Rapids and being a Bulldog? Mm, That's hard. Um, Honestly, one of my favorite things has been the friendships that I've built through working through athletics. So obviously you guys, Aww. Courtney, Sean. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hard to believe. You cry. I, I mean, me I cry. do. It's, I mean, we have a blast and getting to attend all of the events and working, you know, behind the scenes together. We have so much fun. And honestly, I'm super grateful for that coming in, like knowing zero people. I'm glad that like everyone has welcomed me and made me, you know, feel welcome and liked and things like that. So, well, that's been a blast. Instagram, for sure. From us, it's been an honor with working with you as well. Thank you. So. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a fun time, especially for our athletics is probably one of the most <laughs> relaxed and casual, like professional settings. I love so it. Great. We like, have so much fun. So great. It, it, it's the best. So if you ever think about working for Fair athletics, definitely it's, do it's it. A blast. It's, it's a, it's a really fun time, but Beth, thank you so much for coming on, taking yeah. time out of your day. Hopefully you can keep cooking up that fire content and very excited to see what you can do. Yeah, stay tuned. I've got some things in the works. So oh, thanks boy. for having me, guys. Thanks, Beth, for coming on to the show. Very great to talk to her. She's one of our good friends uh, working with athletics, and it's great to hear her story and her journey to Ferris Athletics. We're going to hop right into the Ferris State Sports Report, a loaded weekend uh, for the Bulldog Athletic Association. Huge wins for basketball. It's a clean sweep. All four games, all four W's. That's what I like to see. Crazy comebacks against Northern Michigan, but we're going to hop into the games against Michigan Tech right now. Men's won 78 to 50 on Thursday afternoon, or Thursday night, excuse me. That was just a pretty good game. It was a fantastic game on Saturday. And I think when the people that didn't see it, I'm sorry. That was an incredible basketball game. And I think this was Northern game, by the way. Yeah, this is the Northern game. We, it was an incredible game from start to finish. I mean, two great teams going at it all night. It was certainly just a sight to see. Mm. What was it, 11 lead changes? Uh, yeah, it was something, something crazy like, like 11 that. 11 lead changes. Seven was, ties. I mean, seven, yeah, crazy. it was back and forth, it seemed like, for a while. And Northern had us on the ropes. There, there's no there's no lie to that. They had us on the ropes, especially in the first half. Later on in the game, we made a couple plays. I would... I think it's fair to say we got a couple calls to go our way. I would and also say that was arguably the worst officiated game I've ever seen. There was a lot of chaos was, going on. The first half was like all the calls were going to Northern. And then the second half, like they were basically all going to us. Like there were a couple that I was like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have been in both circumstances. Like, yeah, that was not a good call at all. Because they were also like discussing so many things. I There's what, three technicals in that game or something uh, like that? I don't actually know if there was three. I mean, obviously the Northern two. coach got teched for in the, the end of the game, but yeah. and then their number twenty five got uh, a technical call on because he was like yelling at the ref. Oh, maybe yeah, or something like that. And I think there was one more because they like got called a flop or something like that. Uh, the flop warning that is yeah. right. That would be a class uh, class B technical. But I, I mean, the game was phenomenal. I mean, it was wild, really one dude. of the the best games that I've seen in quite some time. It probably rivals the Minnesota Duluth game from a year ago. For those that remember that over Christmas break, that was an that incredible game. game. Um, but I think overall, when you look down to it, especially in the recap. Um, I mean, you look at the way we shot the three-pointers, and it didn't look pretty. I mean, 21% no, from we three-pointers, but we scored 106 points, Joe. I think that, that shows there? so much about this team's crit. We literally had uh, 45 boards. They out-rebounded us a little bit, but obviously they're a much bigger team. They're a lot more lengthy than we are, and mm-hmm. they, they are a more physical team. But the fact is, we took care of the basketball so well, Incredibly 26 well. assists, three turns. That's mm-hmm. it. 26 assists, three turns. That's also, incredible. Also, Amari Lee is fourth in the nation for assist to turnover ratio. Yes. So, 
I mean, that in mind. he's been incredible. 22 points off of those turnovers to their six, uh, 58 points in the paint against that physical of a team. I mean, that, that, that stands out especially, mm-hmm. but just the way the guys came back, I mean, being a, backs against the wall late in the second half, I mean, we're talking back in with five minutes to go, we're down 11 and we come all the way back tied up in the final seconds. Uh, and had an opportunity to win it if Solo would have knocked the free throw mm-hmm. down. But, hey, it happens to all That's of us. Tough, man. He went th- the only one he missed, too. He went 13 the only, for 14. Yeah, the only one he missed. It, it was been... in and out, too. I feel like, like that probably, like, it could have gone in. Like, yeah. If you t- if you have the same shot, it probably is going to go in. I think so, yeah. Hit both sides of the board or the rim and then popped out. But, yeah, I mean, not the greatest shooting performance, but, I mean, when they, when we needed it, I mean, they came in clutch. I mean, Ethan Erickson hit two clutch threes near the end of it to really uh, get some momentum back. However, I think the story really is Max Bjorklund from Northern is still incredibly good at basketball. Yes. There were so many shots that he took that I was like, there's no way that's going in. And then he just drilled it. And I was like, well, I mean, there's a reason that he dropped a 30 piece in one half last year. So he was definitely uh, a huge part of their success on the game. But yeah. Northern definitely outplayed us in the first half and most of the second half, to be honest. But I think we really just got some grit, some termination and came back from it. But, man, that was just a wild game, I think. Because Solo, I remember talking to Jake, who's like one of the marketing guys, and he was saying Solo said he was going to drop a 30-piece on the day. And I was like, after the first half, he only had like, what, four points or something like that. And I was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. But then once he, once he got going, what is that, six, six guys in double digits? That's wild. He had two points in the first half. And so then he dropped 25 and one half. He dropped 25 in the second half and overtime combined. So he finished with 27. That's incredible. That performance he had. I mean, he led us with 27. Uh, and I think when you looked at how the scoring was dispersed, I mean, Delapo added 13. Uh, I had, I was, I think I was talking to someone. I was like, Delapo could drop 20 today. It just feels like that kind of a revenge game that I was waiting for. He got 13 and seven boards. It was a great performance. Uh, ben also added 13. Ethan Erickson had 15 off the bench, despite going two of eight from three. He knocked down his free throws. Michael was in double figures with 11. Amari Lee had 12 points with his 12 assists. Yeah, and he had no, tur- no turns, by the way. Michael got a double-double. Yeah. 12, uh, 11 and 12. I mean, he's been, that's the, been one of the biggest things like I would love to highlight is how Mike Hell has really stepped into that role as the rebound and the playmaker. And yeah. I think that's, that's really what this team needs, especially with him in the starting five. I think that makes this I team also, that much better. I also love his dad on the sideline. How he's just like chilling there in the VIP seating. Oh that's yeah. So cool. Yeah. He's a cool cat for sure. But okay. yeah, um, but that's the, the recap of that game. And to hear from coach Bronkema, I think he's in our perspective too, Joe. I mean, he thought this was a fantastic was game wild. as well. That was, it was an amazing finish. And, uh, you know, the crowd got a treat because Northern Michigan's really good. And, uh, you know, we couldn't slow them down at all in the first half. Not at all. And uh, we, we did talk, you know, and reemphasize a few things. Not a whole lot of changes, just reemphasize a few things. I thought our guys came out and competed in the second half. And they, ne- they never gave up, right? Because usually when you're coming back from down, you know, whatever, we we're 14, 16, you, you get close, and it, it took all your energy, and then they go on a burst. We did that twice, where we got it down to six, five, seven, and then they push it right back to 11. And a lot of times, that's it. That's all you got. But we, we hung in there, and, and we tied it up. And then even to, for, for Solo, who had such an awesome game, the, the free throw was in and out, right? And then an extra five minutes for, for our guys to stay focused determined and, and to win that overtime like the way we did really special game uh really special and northern michigan's really good and they're getting they're getting you know their point guard back here pretty soon and that's going to make them even more dangerous but um you know it's a heck of a win for us I mean, coach said it himself but uh also the win on thursday against michigan tech uh big Big comeback win. Um, win, not necessarily yeah. like a full comeback win. I'm mean, down by a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but I think this was a at b- one point. But. Yeah, I think this was a big comeback of we needed that one after what happened up in Houghton for how poorly we played. That was a good yeah, get redemption, back game. redemption game. And I mean, too, I mean, six straight now. I mean, that's wild. But this game was a little bit, a little bit different. It wasn't definitely, you know, the scoring was not as as good. I would say the big story: Ethan Erickson five for six from three. I mean, the guy couldn't miss. That was wild. Uh, it was lights out. I mean, six, we finished 50% from three point range, uh, 58 overall from the floor, very efficient out rebounded them by 16. Um, we did have a couple extra turnovers, but we made up for it. Fast break dominated in the paint. This team is showing that they're a great shooting team. 
But boy, they can still beat you by controlling the basketball and beating you on the boards. And that is a dangerous team that you don't want to face going into March. Mm-hmm. And especially now with the second part of the conference schedule coming up, this is exactly what you want to see. A lot of teams are starting to heat up. Uh, I mean, Grand Valley, I mean, they had a slow start, but they're starting to kind of get a little bit uh, into their own footing there. Uh, you know, Davenport, you got Purdue Northwest who can really do some damage. But also you got Lake State, Northern top of the table teams who uh, are going to be a little bit dangerous So when it comes later on in the season. But yeah, great game. So a uh, great game for that one. 50 to 78 victory for us. Brandon, let's hop into the Gleek scores. Let's go. All right. Uh, Northern Michigan, this is all on Thursday, by the way. Northern Michigan fell Lake Superior State 65 to 61. Uh, Parkside beat Davenport in a pretty convincing victory, 78 to 60. Uh, Purdue Northwest fell in a close one to Grand Valley State, 77 to 74. And then on Saturday, Saginaw Valley beat Wayne State, 61 to 48. Michigan Tech beat Lake Superior State, got a bounce back victory there, 76 to 71. Parkside beat Grand Valley, 73 to 62. And then Purdue Northwest gets another win. Over that important nine to seventy three. So there you go. And now with those victories, little old Ferris State now sitting top at the, of top the top of the Gleak. Would That's you what look like at to that? See. Yeah, Parkside right now is sharing the top with us here. Both teams are eight and three, so it's a little bit close. We do have the edge, though. We do have the better overall record. Yep. Uh, so that's why we're a little bit up top. But when it comes to Gleak standings and stuff like that for the tournament. Might switch up a little bit. Yeah, and head-to-head as well when Mm -hmm. you consider the matchups they already had, which they will be traveling to Parkside and Purdue this weekend. So we're now going to have to go to Wisco. Yeah, we could be alone at the top pretty soon or... We could be sitting pretty at second place. Who knows? But I think we'll be able to do it. Like I said, we're on a six-game heater, so hopefully we can keep that going and get that rocking, but we'll see. Yes, it'll be fun. Moving over into women's now sweep of the weekend. Michigan Tech tight game. Great game. 63-60, the final in that one. It was a fantastic basketball game. Uh, I think when it came down to it, especially as of late, we they really gritted out that game. I mean, it was just pure grit. Uh, matching them on the boards, 36 apiece against a really good tech team. Uh, and I think when you looked at how that game especially was down the stretch, it was really, we built ourselves a buffer going into that game. And the fact of the matter is, we really, I feel like, especially down the stretch, we were very resilient for how hot they were playing at that moment of time. Because Michigan Tech's a great shooting team. I believe I looked it up after the game in my uh, my article recap of like, they're 14th in the nation in three-point shooting. I mean, they let it fly, and they hit them a lot of times. But I think, really, we stayed calm. We did not panic, and we still locked down defensively, even though the game got to tied at 58 apiece in the minute 20 to go. But we stayed home. We played great defense down the stretch and we were able to get to the free throw line. Kenzie Bauer sealed the deal from the free throw line. And that was just an absolutely huge, huge momentum swing for this team after a little bit of a skid. And I think that really just shows now that this team is in the driver's seat and they're making their way back up in the GLIAC standings, Joe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially for GLIAC women's basketball, it's a little bit uh, more, I guess, open if you can say I mean there's not as much of a disparity between like first and sixth or whatever it's only like two or three games I'm pretty sure but yeah this game was a huge one I feel like this one really kind of did well for our defensive side of it I mean it wasn't crazy with you know how much we were able to do with defense or anything like that I feel because they still I mean Michigan Tech still got off what 25 threes they just had a slow shooting day if you kind of have them where they're hot and stuff like that that could be a really different story but I think when if you look at it our our Presence of getting rebounds was the big thing uh, for that one. But yeah, this one was just a wild game, especially seeing that Michigan Tech was a team that was a little bit scary. I mean, we, I think we lost them earlier in the season as well. Mm-hmm. They're 8-2 in the GLIAC, so they're, I think, second right now, right behind Grand Valley. I want to say, yeah, right behind them, yeah. yeah but so this is a huge win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chloe Idoni, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 30-point double-double. Wild. Absolutely Insane. bonkers. Um, I think when you looked at the rest of the scoring, there's not much else that you can really say. Um, I mean, everybody chipped in their own factor. I mean, Kenzie Bowers finished with seven points, Mallory McCartney, seven points, eight assists as well. Grace Sullivan, I thought played a fantastic game. She had seven points off the bench in her 24 minutes. I think her, if they had plus minus in college, I think you would have seen, um, great numbers when she came in the game as well. Um, Deshaun Day, five points as well, um, played really well defensively. I mean, I thought this team played really well and I think that especially carried over into the Saturday game, able to really take care of business against Northern. And I think when, I mean, I yeah, talked to a couple, that one yeah, I talked to a couple of players, including Kenzie Bowers, who was on our show last week. You can check that out in the feed below if you haven't already. 
Uh, but I think the the biggest thing that she said, and as well as Chloe said, uh, was the fact of they knew going into this game, Northern, just like the men's, a lot physical of a team. They like to try to beat you on the boards. And if you're able to match them and just play your offensive capabilities, talent-wise and scheme-wise, then you're going to be okay. And they certainly showed that. I mean, Chloe had another fantastic performance. She had another 30-burger Um what 64 points 60 yeah. 60 berg in two games you're at like i think the past three home games she's at like 90 what 90 or i think i did the math yesterday 97 or something like that in the past three home games wow i'm pretty sure that's insane if you look at her Insanity. yeah game, one second, i'm gonna go to game log real quick she's at one two three four 30 point games in the last, I think like six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 20 plus point games. And then she's like maybe one basket away from making that like 12. 96 points. 30 plus 30, 64. Last 36, and then 90. Yeah, 96 in three games. In her last three home games. I mean, she's putting on a display for all the home fans. You need to watch this women's basketball team for how well they're playing. Kenzie Bowers also had 12 and a nine rebounds. So close to the double-double. She also had five assists, four steals defensively. I thought she was really good. This team defensively uh, against stepped Northern. Up. Stepped up. Huge for the program. I mean, they played really well defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially the scoring wasn't really spread out so much this game, but that was, I think, the big thing with it. I mean, you hold a team under 60 points, you know that the defensive side of it was really rocking, and you can definitely tell that. I mean, especially with Northern, their team, like you said, they can really get a little bit physical. They can kind of body you around, but when you, especially when you have one of their players coming off the bench and putting up a 20 bomb, I mean, that one's not always the easiest to defend, but we really came up clutch, I feel like. Like you said, Kenzie Bowers with a couple steals. Deshaun Day has become a defensive powerhouse for us, I feel like. And as well as uh, Amaka Unabaga coming off the bench, she's been able to get a lot of blocks. Not not a huge amount this game, but she was able to get a lot of rebounds, and she's a pretty heavy defensive presence whenever Chloe needs a break. Absolutely. The depth on this team is definitely starting to show up, and I think uh, overall defensively turned them over 17 times. I mean, that was absolutely crucial. Crazy. I think not necessarily just leaving it with assists and turnover ratio, which the team is really good at. But I thought the way that this team got out and ran off of those turnovers, distributed-wise, got a lot of players open and a lot of opportunities. I think that's really what helped us stretch out this game. And I think Coach Westendorp said it will we'll play here in just a minute. Uh, and it was really short and sweet to his mind that, it, the matter of fact, was they took care of the basketball, and that's what helped them win the game. In turnovers, that's excellent basketball right there. That's really good basketball. That's making sure that we're just making the easy play. You know, we don't have to make basketball complicated. We just keep making the easy play again and again and again at a really good pace. And that's what you're able to see today. That's all you got to say. Take care of the basketball. Sweet, yeah. You can play your best basketball. And that certainly was on display. Uh, and especially a crucial weekend, Joe, because a couple upsets happening over on the mm-hmm. women's side. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll go right into the GLIAC sports report and our go- scores report, I guess. It's not the sports report. Northern Michigan got the weekend split. Uh, however, they didn't really put a whole lot of points in the board against Lake City on Thursday. It was a 50 34 victory for them. Parkside doing business against Davenport, 81 to 68 win. And Purdue Northwest fell to Grand Valley in a pretty yeah, blowout. I mean, that's blowout. Yeah. 88-47, <laughs> trying to share Dakota, but you really can't at that point. Yeah, 88-47 win for the Lakers there. Saturday, Michigan Tech took on Lake Superior State. 66-58 win for them. Saginaw Valley beat Wayne State 69-56. Parkside fell to the Grand Valley 75-57. And Purdue Northwest got a win against Davenport 66-53. Ooh. The standings are looking a little bit more uh, lucrative, if I do say so myself. Kind of, I mean, what is that? Three or four games between... Sixth and third place? Yeah. I mean, especially from fourth to sixth, which is pretty much the uh, the fight for home court advantage with us in Northern Michigan now that after we beat them, now with only within a game, uh, as well as Saginaw Valley, only half game back of either side now with their loss. So I think this this is going to be really interesting. Now you're battling for home court advantage going into GLIAC play the first round, and right now there's just a lot of teams that still have it up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even realize Michigan Tech is 17-4 and four overall. Yes. Jeez, dude. They're good. I mean, really good. Ellie McKay is a fantastic player. I think, I mean, she's been around for uh, a while now for her years of eligibility, but I remember watching her, I think it was my sophomore year or the first year she was playing, or maybe it was my freshman year. And it was like, wow, she's really good. And I mean, she's still playing at a high level all four years, which you don't see sometimes with a lot of, with a lot of players, but a lot of those good players figured out. So uh, anyway, moving on over now into the report, we got hockey. 
Uh, tough weekend against a really tough team. Uh, tough sledding. A lot of learning lessons, I think, out of this game. Friday yeah. was, well, we'll, we, won't, we won't say it. We'll be transparent. It was bad. Friday was bad. Saturday was much better, though. Big buns. Yeah. I don't, I think I followed along a little bit on Friday. I was at the game on Saturday, obviously, which we'll cover um, why I wasn't at the Friday game here in just a minute. Uh, but I think with just the way that that game went, uh, I think there was a couple things that really didn't go our way. Um, it seemed like in that Friday game, I thought the first period was pretty solid. I thought we played really good in the first period as comparison to the second and third. Second and third just did not look very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was just, we're, we're getting beat in open ice and we really had no counter punches to that Maverick yeah. attack in those the, second 40. The energy was definitely there the first period. It's just when they got going and actually got like just a solid game plan, that's Minnesota State got a solid game plan, actual like flow, it was pretty much impossible to catch up to them, especially that second period when they scored first out of that. You definitely thought, I thought that we were going to be able to score first and kind of hold some uh, power over them. But when they scored, you can definitely tell it was just an instant momentum shift. It was tough. So the Friday game, especially from Daniels, you could definitely, like, because I was doing the post game for that one. That oh, was, yeah. That was a rough one because he was just like, because if you know Daniels and if you listen to his stuff, and even if you listen to our pot, like our episode that we had him on, He's a talkative guy. He'll talk for two, three minutes. It doesn't even matter. But this one, I was like struggling to get, you know, a 30 second answer out of him, which is almost impossible. But I mean, after, after it, you definitely wanted to see a little bit better performance on Saturday, but you know, it's tough sudden. I mean, we still split with him for the, for the whole, uh, like season uh, split. So two and two, not bad. Yeah. And you could tell the, the Mavericks wanted this game. They knew what happened last December and they wanted to make up for it and beat us on home ice. And you could tell in the tenacity they played. I thought Saturday we played much better. I thought overall it was better. Uh, I think when you looked at it, we had a lot of bad bounces that went the other way. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of piled on a little bit because you looked especially um, at that Saturday game. And I mean, especially the fact of goes through the first 20, 0-0, Couple, it's been a little stale back and forth. Couple teams not, had chances. Not a whole lot of shots or anything. Yeah, like Pokey, I think, got pipe once on one of his open side shots. But I think when you saw how that second period erupted, you were like, "Oh boy, buckle up! This is gonna be this is gonna be epic." And I mean, because we went from the first minute forty-seven, Minnesota State scores, Celius um, so gets in the net. And then right after Branshaw scores uh, on a really, really fine play, great shot, that was a great clean setup. Shot. Yeah, it was yeah. very clean. Um, and then Minnesota State scores a minute later. And then 15 seconds later after that, they scored the third <laughs> one. It was an absolute gut punch when they scored that third goal. Because I know me and Joe were up there doing stats and we're, we're trying to relay. I'm trying to relay um, plus minuses to some of the guys over in the on the other side. Now I'm going to get the plus minus from Joe or the, excuse me, the assists and the goal uh, officials from Joe. And it was like literally back to back to back. We could not stop. And it was just gut-wrenching walking down the hallway. By the time, if you were looking at the live tweeting, I, I tweet this out. By the time I had the graphic and all that stuff put on for Branchow's goal and tweeted it out, they scored two by the time I was typing it. And then when I pressed tweet, they already scored two. And I was like, well, this is great. Yeah, it was chaotic. And I mean, really from there, I think they, I mean, they controlled the puck for the rest of it. They really kind of killed it out. And then once Christian Fitzgerald netted one, you were like, yeah, this one's just about over. It, it really felt that way. And I hate, I hate to say it like that because like you could just tell the way that Minnesota state was playing that they were the aggressor. And we had our backs against the wall just a little bit. I won't say necessarily like they were completely bashing us, but when they spent probably a good two thirds of that period in their offensive zone, that is so taxing on our defense. And I'm not saying necessarily somebody's at the fault for that, but it is so hard when you have such an aggressive team that is completely pushing on the pedal to the point where you can't breathe. I mean, they were just absolutely letting it go. And we got a couple of chances there on the power play. But, I mean, it looked a little bit rushed. There was some disconnection there. And, I mean, from really, it there wasn't a lot of great looks that we had on the power play, which I think we went, uh, what was it, 0 for 7 or 0 for 8 on the weekend. It was hard in it that was, department. And it's not even like it's not even like Minnesota State's power play was super good. We had chances. It's just we were keeping on, like, not making the most of it, if right. that makes any sense. Excuse me, I got a little bit of a dry throat here. Uh, but yeah, it was it was tough because there was a lot of chances where like there was a wide open goal, we just barely missed a tip in or something like that. And just like puck luck too. I mean, there's a lot of bounces that went Minnesota State's way. There wasn't a lot that went our way. And there's really nothing you can do about that. That's just 
happening. Like that's just a happenstance type deal. But you know, this one, this game, I feel like is going to sting for a little bit, especially with who we got next Bowling Green next yeah. week, who's another team who's top of the table for CCHA. So that's going to be interesting. I've just pulled up the Ferris Twitter because I wanted to see it. Cause I looked at the replies of that in the span of me tweeting our goals thing. I don't know who Buck Meek enjoys or Hibby the Hot. <laughs> but he said the Naggy Curse. I don't even know who that is. Who how is do you know this that guy? The, how do you know that I'm the Twitter guy? Maybe he's a follower of the who show. Who are you? Who are you to say this? I don't know who that guy who is. Who is this guy? I mean, who he has Jabroni. He has 10 followers to 316 following. Not the greatest of ratios, but I mean, I mean, I guess. You're doing something right if somebody hates you, I guess. I, I guess don't, so. I, I mean, I don't first, know. Maybe I'm my first hater or something like that. <laughs> oh, you got you got a troll artist here. What? Yeah, maybe. But, Who is this guy? Yeah. Why did you Why did you feel the need? That was to put 19 them? hours ago, too. That wasn't even recent. That was like last night. Huh? What are you doing? You're man? right. Why did he do Get that? With the program here. Who is this? Hibby the Hobbit. We need we need some I answers. Need tweet. I need a tweet. We got I am at, to tweet at the Ferris. I'll put I'll just put a tweet up like who the who is this guy? Who is this guy? If is, you man. have if you want to identify yourself, there's a chair right next to me or right next to Joe, even if you want to. You can come on the show and you can explain yourself. We have a chair for you, Hibby the Hobbit. Wherever you are, go tweet us at the MVSP and anybody else who wants great Ferris State content as well as all everything for this show, uh, you can follow along at the MVSP. Um, for more. Finishing out the Fair State Sports Report, track and field was in action. The Bill Klinger Classic. And let me tell you, Joe, long meet. I'll tell you that. It was about, let's see here, if I could count correctly, eight hours long. Uh, it was very Jeez. fast across the board. There was a ton of heat. Um, your boy got the job done. We broke eight or broke nine, eight fifty-eight. Uh, so that was exciting. And one of the, probably the worst races I've experienced. I'll explain it here in a minute. Um, some really good performances. Emma Stefan finally back in the weight throw. Just, just casually won it. Uh, and congrats to her. So Abby, casual. So Abby casual Winkle was sixth in the 400. Uh, Becky Castillo eighth in the open mile. Danae Feldsposh ninth in the 800, as well as Daisy England 12th. Both of them PR'd in dramatic fashion. Um, Whitney Farrell 11th in the open invite mile, uh, as well as Hannah Brock and Sydney Kubiak, 12th and 13th, respectively, in their team collective effort. Um, four by four, finished sixth on the meet. Melinda Strauss was ninth in the open 3K. Uh, Donis Harris, ninth overall in the invite mile, 411 3-2. Uh, yeah, he even got faster from last week, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely wow. ridiculous. Um, and then I believe he was also ninth in the 3K with an 828. Um, Dan Hardesty, 13th in the open mile. He broke the 425 barrier. 424 for him. Noah Griffith, right behind a 425.25. It's going to be a matter of time for him. Once he's healthy, he's going to be right there as well, um, as well as some great performances overall. Brennan, uh, Brennan Kearney, 8th in the 5K at 15.34. Um, Jake Smith, 6th in the shot put, um, as well as some new faces. Bryce George and Garrett Jones getting their first um, some first throwing meat under their belts. Did really well. Kyle uh, Drouillard also was 8th in the invite field. He's had a little bit of a bumps in the road, but he's going to get back on track for sure. Um, and Aaron Pierce took 10th overall in the long jump. So, really long me in uh the 3k and for all those that watch the 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 race there on my teammates can attest to this crapshoot across the board i could come unfiltered it was absolute trash of there was 31 guys man let it fly there was 31 guys in the heat yeah right that's a lot right you should want somewhere between 15 and 20 is probably about good Mm -hmm. anything less anything more yeah you could make an argument it's better or worse 31 guys. We're like, okay, 31 guys. By the end of that meet, some of them are doubling. Not everyone's going to show up, right? That's what's going through my head, right? Yeah. Everyone showed up. All 31. I'm like, mm. okay, we got to buckle up. And I, you can watch it actually on flow, on flow track of the meet, of the starting line. We're caped all the way around the waterfall. And there's three layers of starts. There's literally guys behind other guys behind other guys. It is that crazy. And uh, no disrespect to the a lot of the athletes in the race. I mean, it was overall a pretty good race. It was competitive. It was just about the times that I I knew I had to get in the top three if I was going to break nine, which I'm finishing second in the heat and broke nine. Let's go. Which is great. But the amount of crap that I had to get through the first three laps of just these guys shoving and elbowing each other was absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand some of the times that we have uh, I understand it's racing is competitive. Elbows are going to be hit. There's going to be guys trying, but this was like, it was NASCAR 
Track is not NASCAR. You're not going from high side on one turn, back chopping inside on the rail, and you're going to take somebody out so and knock like, them on the turf. How many? So how many guys are on the track at one time? You have 31 guys in two- On a short track? On two lanes in a 300-meter track on one straightaway, about one step behind one another. And you have guys going inside and outside. That's terrible. It, it, it was terrible. And it, it wasn't like I've dealt with it before. Why didn't before. they just make two? Why didn't they make two races? Because they wanted to get out of there. You're already there for eight hours. I, I mean, that's really what it comes what's down to, 15, I guess. What's another 15 minutes? I don't know. You're telling me, man. Or I just, is that GV? Yeah, this was at GV. So I Do mean, better GV. Come yeah, on. I, I mean, it, it was it was a little chaotic, but it, it was just one of those where you're like, yeah, I got through it mentally. I felt really good that I was able to get through that because I know I was frustrated. I know there was probably going to be the toughest. Probably race a here. couple of profanity bombs that were thrown out in that race, not by myself, but from other people behind me. I'm sure, um, not because of me, but some of the, some other teams behind That's me. Okay. I, won't, I, I, won't make... I know you're a dirty racer. I know you're trying to like cleat somebody. Oh, oh of course, like Joe knows that I'm yeah, such an aggressive you're... guy. Yeah. I mean, come on now, but uh, no, he it's it went all right. Got the job done and moving on. That race was that race was crap. The way some of those guys ran. I won't name teams individually um, or anything like that. But any everybody in that heat knows what I'm talking about. If yeah. there happens to be anybody else that was racing in that heat that's listening to the podcast, they know as well. That was an abnormal crapshoot of a race, and it worked out in the end because I broke nine. Now we're moving on to the next race, which mm-hmm. we have a week off now before a big meet. So we're gonna get tuned up over this week, get recovered, and then we're gonna hit it again and even a bigger, faster meet than this week, Joe. Yeah, that's what I like to see, man. Just absolutely Keep crazy. Keep it up. Yeah, I mean. The MVSP and myself are proud of you, Brandon. Thank you. Great job, dude. I'm, uh, thank Let's you. Let's go. I appreciate it. It's been a good time. Being healthy finally feels so good. And yeah, being able to run say, fast. This, like your first, this is your first season that's like you're actually fully healthy, right? Uh, since like freshman year? This first indoor since freshman year. And you can probably hear it right now. I'm going to knock on wood as hard as I can, which has been, uh, it's been good so far and we're going to keep it going. The whole team's going to keep it going and we're starting to break records. It, it, it's really good. We got some sprinters that have broke some records as well, up, baby. You'll probably find that soon on the, the social media accounts. Got something cooking. Oh, oh sneak Whoa. peek. Oh, I can't say anymore. But, you run, who runs the social media for a track? Is that Harrison still, or is that you? Um, that's primarily a uh, coach Kelsch actually, but, oh, really? uh, some of us, uh, athletes actually volunteer to make the graphics. Um, like me, Ethan Hamilton, who yeah, also, yeah. he's also a really good graphic maker. The guy's absolutely phenomenal with Adobe. I mean, the guy's absolutely insanity. Um, if you see some of those meat day ones that are all professionally made, that's Ethan. That, he, really? That's just him off of his own creativity. He's Sometimes he gets grand. ideas for myself or some other guys, uh, uh, but he's the one well, that makes them. It, so. Let's pull this bad boy up. So, but they're super cool. I mean, you look at just Paris, the track and field. Yeah, you look at the layering and stuff. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, but like, I think he he alluded to it. The social that's or, clean. Is this one here? Yes, that one that's is clean. That one is clean. You can't see it right now on, on the podcast, but it's the it's the recent one well, of maybe Doug be able Hansen. To see when we get that live stream, going. oh, we're still working on that, guys. Don't worry. That's we're trying clean. to we're trying to figure out some um, some live streaming stuff as far as equipment and how that's going to work. But it's yeah, also sick. This is clean too. Dang, yeah, these are all clean. This is all this is all Ethan, man. I mean, Dang. there's a couple guys that. That come in and like give tw- uh, tweaks and stuff, or I'll like throw in a couple ideas for him. Or, that, but I mean, it's majority of it's you all tell him. The ones that he makes it too, like yeah, like majority of that stuff is his. Um, coach takes a couple pictures here and there of when uh, we're Who's doing workouts and right stuff. Here? Who's oh, that guy with the stop clean it. Sunglasses on. Hey, I like those sunglasses. I, I got those the are same f- pair. I those are fifteen dollars sunglasses off Amazon. Really? Fun fact. No, they they're not like Oakleys. They're not Oakleys. They're fifteen dollar fakes. The Folkleys. They're fifteen dollar Folkleys. I was gonna say I have like actual Oakleys, but they yeah. look exactly the same. Yeah, on my Strava account, which if anybody for running anybody in the running community is following this, you have Strava, you can follow me. Um, I have that picture on there, and some people have asked me, "Are those Oakleys?" I'm like, "No, they're Folkleys. They're fifteen dollar Folkleys on Amazon, and they look fantastic." But uh, yeah, there's some recap ones in there as well, but. There's a lot of good ones in there. So, That's sick, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, your boy made his own graphic debut um, for the, the school it? record for Donis, as you can see. This one? Yeah, it went for a little retro player card kind of vibe there, if you can kind of see. I like that, there. I like that. It doesn't look too bad, but uh, it's a nice little nice little setup we got here. So we'll we'll make that, that work. Dog, for, was that supposed to be a dog bone? Uh, it is a, a dog, dog bone. Wow, you look attention to detail. It's look more it's more of like a paint. It's more like a paint spray with a, oh, yeah, a bone yeah. kind of accent mm-hmm. shape to it, but mm-hmm. it gets the job done. So, but yeah, there you go. There's an inside into Ferris State Track and Field Media Days and stuff like that too. So that's kind of cool. Sick, man. No, it looked pretty sweet. Cool beans. Anyway, we got more of the show to get to, so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, why some of the championship games are talked about by the officials, why some people might be wrong. Stay tuned. 
Are you a Ferris State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Bulldog Radio can be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. Finishing out the show here, NFL action over the weekend. And boy, Joe, we had some good games. Not so good games, of course, including the Chiefs and Bengals as the good game and the Eagles and 49ers as the bad game. But yeah, a little, little bit of disparity there. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. The Philly-San Fran game was not pretty. Once Brock Purdy got hurt, we knew they were the in worst, trouble. That was the worst way possible. Yeah, I, it was a shame because the Niners are a good team. I actually was probably going to prefer if we were to do show predictions that I would have picked the Niners um, to potentially play the Chiefs. I was probably more in favor of the Bengals, though, just because I wanted the Joe Burrow revenge tour like many mm. others out there. Uh, but I think the the overall poor part, poor part of this game uh, that stood out to me was the 49ers went from super creative they are so explosive when it comes to the variancies of play calling and all of these sort of schematic advantages. But once Brock Purdy went down and Josh Johnson comes in, no disrespect to Josh Johnson. He's a solid quarterback, but he's not going to win you an NFC championship game. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason he's been a backup quarterback for 14 right, seasons. Right, right. You know? Why they didn't like get somewhere where they have actual variancy in their offense for like when you had Brock Purdy in the game, at the third quarter after he was hurt. He can't throw the football, right? We had already, we'd heard the reports that Kyle Shannon said he's probably not even going to play. The only reason he came back in was because Josh Johnson got hurt again. And you're not going to go, you're not going to go to Kyle Gujoskak. But why don't you put somebody like McCaffrey in the Wildcat and at least run an emergency offense from there to at least get you somewhere in the offense of where you have some variancies? Because if you have Brock Purdy in there and you're handing the ball off three downs in a row, you're playing on an uneven playing field. It's 11 v 10. Like you, mm-hmm. you're you not going to have Brock Purdy blocking. So why don't you put another blocker, run the Wildcat, just try some RPOs or something. I guess I just don't understand. And also, by the way, I learned this after the fact when I was at uh, my buddies with The Rock last night. Juwan Jennings was, I'm pretty sure, a four and a half, five-star quarterback recruit. Really? He was higher recruited than Joe Burrow at quarterback in high school. But he's not the emergency quarterback. Huh? That does not make any sense uh, here. I don't know. That Something's confusing. That does not make any sense. But anyway, Philadelphia certainly looked like the team to beat. Took care of business. And they, uh, I mean, as far, they didn't even have to move the ball that much. Their defense well, yeah. played fantastic. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're playing against a four-string quarterback in the NFC Championship game, it's a little bit tough. But, I don't know. This one was just weird. I mean, Jalen Hurst didn't really have, like, that crazy of a game. I feel like, I mean, he got... Uh, he was more rushing. I feel like this whole game was more rushing than anything because he only had what a buck twenty one in yards, which is a little low even for him. I feel like Gardner Minshew got in. Good for him. I took a nap during this game, to be honest. I, <laughs> I was up. I was up for the first quarter, and then Brock Birdie got hurt. Hurt. And I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna conk out for snooze a little bit. fest. Yeah, I'm just gonna snooze. Yeah, I mean the you look at the stat sheet and you're like, man, they didn't run the ball like particularly like. Fan, like they weren't spectacular in that category. I mean, because they all finished about under 50 yards, but I mean, they still chomped out three and a half yards carry, still scored when they needed to. They moved the ball just they needed to because mm-hmm. the offense really just kind of yeah, wrote out the game. They didn't even do anything. Defense well, yeah. was locking down the Niners' offense, and that's really what they needed to do to win the game and control the tempo. And that's what they did. And now that's why they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Unfortunate for Christian McCaffrey, too, because he's got that. Over one completion attempt rate. Yeah, he the, overthrew that one like seventy like, yards. Yeah, like that was crazy. Like, I didn't even like, like, somebody's got to be down there. But then he didn't realize that the deepest receiver was only twenty yards downfield. Yeah, so, no, just, I don't know if he was just trying to show off or something like that. But yeah, not the best. Not the best show out for him. Yeah, I think when you look at how these teams really kind of came into this game, and I kind of like yawned there for how boring the the Niners offense looked in that second half. But uh-huh. I think when you looked at how the Niners, I mean, Fred Warner gets banged up, mm-hmm. you lose Brock Purdy, and then you lose Josh Johnson. Got a couple other guys on the old line that are shaking up still from practice during the week. Like you're like, what are you going to go into that game preparing? Like, I, I guess I just, the the unpreparation 
the mispreparation, whatever proposition goes before the preparation that makes that look like they didn't do a good job. It, it, it really showed out in this game because I mean, mm-hmm. this team, this franchise has been ill riddled with injuries for so long. Yeah, and it's like, you got to be used to it at this point. Yeah. You got, you, you really got to prepare for it. Especially if you're rocking with Brock Purdy, your third string quarterback. Yeah, he's good. And I feel like if he was hundred percent, you could have seen them win, winning this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you got to make sure that, Hey, now he's our bit. You got to treat it like, Hey, he's our first string and Josh Johnson, our second string. Cause you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to come back. No. Trey Lance is gone. I mean, you're not really going to be able to do anything with that. So you got to prepare for that. And if you don't, then it's like, you're not really preparing in the best way to win a championship game as well as trying to get to the Super Bowl. Because if that's your backup, which I mean, you don't really have much of a choice, but if you can't, you know, make a chance to, you know, at least put Jawan in there or something, a guy who actually knows how to run an offense instead of putting Christian McCaffrey, I don't know. I feel like this is just a very poorly managed game. Yeah, I think when you looked at it, uh, I mean, congratulations to the Eagles for their fantastic season. They continue and fly on. I'm excited for this Philly Philly team. Yeah, fly onward in Philly, and I think the fans certainly love it. Climbing, and what, I thought there was a rumor that was out that they had greased all the poles, and there was still about 200 videos I saw of people climbing up the poles. So I don't know if that was necessarily just a just a hoax to try to keep people away from climbing up on the infrastructure in downtown Philly. But it didn't work. <laughs> that yeah, was the was funniest say, part. When, well, they did that when they won the Super Bowl too. They like greased up everything. Like they made sure like nothing was gonna get like taken down. But and they still got up I there. Mean, <laughs> when there's a when you got millions of drunk people like just chilling out, partying, and having a good time, like you know that anything's gonna happen. Whatever. It's weird because being around, like going to like tailgates and stuff. I can say this with a hundred percent certainty: if somebody's drunk and they are watching sports and they want to go do something. I can bet you 100% that what they want to do is what's going to happen. If they want to climb a pole, it doesn't matter if it's greased up or if it's got nonstick spray or something like that. They're going to be able to get up top of it. They're going to be able to go crazy. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if they so, win a Super Bowl, that's, going to be, that's even going to be more crazy. That is going to be absolutely insane. But uh, I think now when you look at the team on the other side, obviously uh, a pretty intense game going down the stretch. The Bengals uh, losing to the Chiefs 23-20. Pain. Yeah, it hurt. I wanted I wanted Joe Burrow to, to escape out of this one. I wanted the revenge tour. But I think the I biggest... It was Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes for another game. That's going to be the worst. I think Joe speaks on half of literally any any NFL fan that follows any sort of social media. Anybody that's not a Chiefs fan. No, I feel like Chiefs fans even don't like her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, whenever you, whenever you think of the... the when, a Mahomes, not of Patrick Mahomes. I, I still think of them when I think of Mahomes. I don't even think of Patrick at first. That's scary. Which is bad. Yeah. It's, it, it gives me, it gives me one of these kind of vibes. It's just really sad more, to be honest. It's more of just like, I got to hang my head in shame because I'm not even thinking about a good quarterback. Yeah. Because oh, I mean, he, kudos to Patrick Mahomes for the way yeah. he played. Being, what is it now? He's at like three, four. He's made the championship game like every year he's been a starter, hasn't he? Something something like that, yeah. And he's I think what now two of two or three three he's of like three of four. Three of four. Or excuse me, two of four or three of four, one of the two. And I mean he's played really solid in yeah, he killed these it. games. I mean, I mean the fact is, uh, I mean, three twenty six, two TDs, twenty nine of forty three. Um, he was great. I mean, for being on an injured ankle, you could tell. I really I'm I I don't want to give like disrespect to them for covering this game, but I hate when every replay angle they're watching his feet. I'm like, yeah, he's injured. We get it. We all are with it. We we are with the program. We know that he's hurt. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's not show it after some dude runs through five guys and gets 10 yards and we're showing him how he handed the ball off. It's like Pacheco just made oh, a great I'll play. And why are we not doing that? You know what I mean? I don't, I will, I don't know. I will say one thing, the amount of like, love and just Chris Collinsworth too. I don't even know if he called this game because I had a beer league game. Shout out my beer league team. Oh, the rubber puckies. Yes. Of course. Of course. If you ever in big rapids and you ever want to have a good time, it's playoffs now. So you know it's going to be good hockey, but big Big rapids, rubber puckies, man. Shout out. I'm here to stay. Instagram. Uh, I can't remember what the tag is. Big Rapids Rubber Puckies. If you want to follow us on our beer league team (laughs) as an Instagram, actually, which is wild. (laughs) Anyways, but like, it just seems like every single time that Patrick Mahomes plays, it doesn't matter if it's like a routine throw. He's made some crazy stuff. I'll yes. say like the diving throw and stuff. 
but there will be just a random thing that just like anybody that I could do. And then Chris Collinsworth will be like, now this guy is just the best ever. Like he's, <laughs> he's the best quarterback in the league. Or they'll be like sports center. will be like Patrick Mahomes, like unreal. How does he do this stuff? And it's a 10 yard slant throw or something to, <laughs> to Tyree kill from last year. I'm like, he threw it. He threw it sidearm without looking. It's like, Oh yeah. No the quarterback from Detroit it's like Matt Stafford and every other quarterback <laughs> could pull that up. Literally you know, like, every time. Oh my it's gosh. Like, it, oh my gosh. His arm slot changed and he threw it 40 yards. That's wild. It's not like that's his job. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. He's a good quarterback and he is one of the best. He's top three in the league. I, uh, you can't really argue if he's not in somebody's top three just with what he's been able to do. But the amount of love that he gets for everybody, the amount of like unconditional from every single sports media outlet is just so annoying. Yeah. I can't handle it at all. And to top that off, he has an annoying wife and an annoying brother that I cannot wait. I don't even want to say, uh, dude, I'm not looking forward to the Super Bowl because I know it's going to happen. You know, Jalen Hurts, you're our last line of defense. Yeah, we're we're rooting for Jalen Hurts, but um, when it comes to this game, uh, I think overall, I mean, the fourth quarter defense has really stepped up, huge, uh, and I think that was really kind of something we weren't expecting. You know, like you're 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 expecting Burrow Mahomes to try to go for forty. I piece. thought it was gonna be shot, like yeah. shot for shot. For yeah, sure. it was gonna be a shootout. But I think the way the defense has played was very underrated in that game. Um, I mean, especially from yeah, the jump. Time. I mean, you only had three points in the opening quarter. I think that really kind of set the tone right away. Uh, but the biggest thing to me was, especially down the stretch here, um, the biggest thing for me was. Um, and I'm not going to discredit officiating of any sort of way, and I'm not going to be the one that complains about it. Um, but I think this, I don't know why it feels like this year as opposed to years past, because we've always had years where it's been like, yeah, a controversial call swings the outcome of a playoff game. You know, Des Bryant, was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Who knows? Uh, but the way that that sideline play went down, that got the flag to get them in field goal range doesn't sit right with me. You know, like Osai, I get it. He pushed him out of bounds a little bit late. I get it. But was it really a push or was it more of Mahomes winning an Oscar? I thought it was him winning an Oscar because you watch the play. His hands were on his shoulders and there was direct, there was contact and Mahomes fell. Okay. By rule, it's flag. But when you flop to get that flag, now you have to, now that's the thing. We're having to think about this for the rest of the postseason and for the rest of time with the 2023 Super Bowl. And this whole NFL season from 22 to 23, we're going to be remembering, oh, yeah, this could have been the year, uh, like, it was the Chiefs and Eagles. Oh, yeah, you remember when Mahomes, like, flopped out of bounds and got him to the Super Bowl over the Bengals? Oh, yeah. And then that whole fifth down thing, which I read a little bit about why that crew brought that play back. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But do we really, like, we need to figure out some way that stops this immediately um, so we don't have the situation, you know, because everybody on Twitter was like, yeah, 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 the Bengals got screwed. Bengals got screwed. Bengals got screwed. It was the ref's fault. All the ref's fault. They've been can't see the whole end. I'm like, no, don't No, You're not going to say that. But what we're saying is there needs to be a clarification on how this process goes to stopping the play and replaying the down and all that sort of sense. Cause fans are just confused because then they're hiding back. They're like, oh my gosh, they gave them an extra down. It's fifth down. And then they get a flag and then they keep the possession alive. What are we doing? And it's like, yeah, but they had to stop the play because the clock was wrong. And by the time they had already tried to blow the play dead, the ball was already snapped. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, there needs to be discrepancy, um, or excuse me, they need to be more apt to get rid of that discrepancy and make sure this is all clear and processed so we don't have to think about these things anymore. Because that's just, I mean, we had um, phenomenal performances across the board from this game. T. Higgins freaking lost uh, for a TD. I mean, Jamar Chase was great. Um, and I think when you looked at how all the, the this game went, it was, a, it was a pretty good game. But now what we're thinking about is uh, it, it was the ref's fault. And I'm like, I can't, like my brain cannot take the fact that we just have like fans out there that are just, so I'm not, I'm not in the ref's defense or anything. Like I, I know that there was some, like, I mean, especially when you're talking about the Seahawks game uh, when they played the Rams, which we discussed that on a different oh, that episode. Booty, man. Yeah. Like that, that was, that one was bad. Cheeks. That one was bad. And the NFL officials knew that. Uh, it's just the fact of how officiating now um, is being blamed first and everything doesn't sit right with me. Dude, there, is there some bad calls? Yes. I mean, did I think that Mahomes flopped and, to get that flag? Yes. I think he embellished for sure. And the, the flag might not have, it should not have been thrown. But I think when you look at this, I hate the fact that we saw this good of a game and now that's all we're going to think about. 
is the darn flag and how they got screwed. And regardless of how great these, 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 these games actually were. And that just doesn't sit right with me whatsoever. Well, I mean, but that's, I mean, it's justified though. You know, I mean, because the refs with that call, like that's just a big momentum killer. You know what I mean? Right, right. I get that. So then, like you can't, you can blame them. Right. You can't blame the refs. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's not going to make it any better in this scenario. Are you saying like, that like you're not going to, like you're saying that like you're not going to be remembering a great game because of that last play? Correct. Oh, okay. And how, and how all this whole fan base. You can't blame the refs with that one because that was, I mean, it was a clear flop. Right. I, I, I get that. And the, once again, going back to it, Patrick Mahomes is way too loved by everybody. He gets everybody's like calls and all that junk. <laughs> it's stupid. Anyway, going to be a fun Super Bowl. Chiefs. I can't Eagles, wait for the Super Bowl. Going to be fun. Um, regardless of what TikTok's made around it, the Pro Bowl will be this next week, which won't be as exciting. Um, Should have been the X Games, man. I would have loved to see the X Games this next week. I'm not sure why they don't have to schedule that. That could be, yeah. be an is interesting conversation. Uh, I think so. Yeah. It uh, ended yesterday, but, but like, see conference championship football goes over the X games, but well, yeah, if makes, you pair that with the pro bowl, people watch both or the X games over the other instead of football. Yeah. That's what you they should I mean? have done. Yeah. It would be better for both parties that way. I don't, know. I don't know why people don't really think about that when they're scheduling it. I don't know. I know I would watch the X games, but I would the pro too. bowl. And that's no respect to the pro bowl. What's your favorite, uh, event in the X games? Um, I personally, summer w- event and winter event. Oh gosh. Winter event. Um, I would say probably slope style snowboard. Um, I think progression and flow is fantastic to watch those guys just literally go down a run and just pull out these crazy chains of tricks and stuff. I think it's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, summer event. Uh, oh man, that's tough. There's a lot of good ones in summer. I love the, I love, um, BMX track. I think oh, that's yeah. cool. I like the BMX track, BMX racing. So, uh, I think those are cool as well. How about you? I like, uh, in the winter, I like the snow, snowmobile big air trick. Oh yeah. That's a good one. one. And then I like the motorcycle big air trick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, or snow or a snowboard big air. That one's sick. Snowboard big air is cool. There's one trick and they hit him. They go like 40 feet in the air. Like that's wild. Yeah. It's like, could not be me. How do you do that? (laughs) Can you just like show me how to do that real quick? Can you give me a, can you give me a wiki how on how to do big air? And they're like, yeah, no, it's just guts. And are you crazy enough to do it? Yeah, it's insane. Basically. But anyway, let's wrap it up. Great show, Joe. Yes, Make it sure was. Make sure you follow on the MBSP. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are on, as well as check out WBRN, soon to be a new partnered home for this show, Hey-o. which you can find on one o'clock on on every Saturday on WBRN, 1460 AM, 107.7 FM, as well. Be calling Cardinal Basketball this upcoming week, so you can check out me and Joe for that. But until next time. Take care, everybody.